Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord community Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. This week we are going to be looking at the mechanics of honor in the Legend of the Five Rings 5th edition role-playing game. All right, sounds good. Last week we talked about, um, well, I don't know if it'll be last week or sometime longer, depending on when this comes out. In a, pre- in a previous podcast. In a previous podcast, we talked about what honor is, societally overall. But mm-hmm. what does this actually mean in the role-playing game? So this is hopefully give you something a little more concrete to go on. Yeah, the the initial kind of definition we have, it's it's the... Investment in Bushido that the character has and how they feel that they are upholding those values. Gains come from sacrifices for the sake of Bushido. Losses come from not living up to that role for the sake of something else. Right. Um, So mechanically, it's personal and internal. It's not external. Okay. But it's not just your personal opinion of your character not caring about the rest of the world either. When you start the game, you start with an honor score. That honor score comes from your school. So schools with higher honor scores teach their members that they themselves are more aligned with the role of what a perfect samurai is Mm -hmm. than other schools. Yep. So all of society, no matter what clan you are, no matter what case you are, no matter who you are, you all think this ideal mm-hmm. is a perfect samurai. And then depending yep. on what your school is and your, you know, your, what you're actually doing yeah, d- is how you compare yourself to that ideal. Yep. Uh, one of the main things that you should be when you're, when you're actually running the game, the GM is not allowed to do a gotcha in 5th edition. You're not, you're not supposed to ask what the characters do, and then you go, ah, you did a bad thing, that's going to cost you 10 points of honor, or whatever. Um, what you should do is, let, either the player should be aware that what they're doing is, is dishonorable, and they are deliberately saying, yes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice that many points of honor to do the thing, or the GM should tell you, if you do that, this will cost you four points of honor. Do you want to do it? Right. So, so everyone should be aware that they're going to lose honor if they, go, they do a particular thing. Of course, if they're at zero honor, they can do anything. Yeah, but no one likes them. Um. <laughs> no one likes them. <laughs> They're scum. All right. Mm. Um, a PC can choose to stake in the, in the game, stake mm. honor or glory by saying they will give up this much honor if this thing happens or if they yep. fail to do this, this other thing. Um, yep. Doing so should make people more inclined to believe them. Yep. Unfortunately, there's no mechanic for this. Uh, mm. given it just says how much you lose that you can stake it but it doesn't say how much better it makes for your role so yes 
If you are GMing this, my recommendation is to use this as a last, as a last ditch. So if you have this persuade role, for example, you've got to persuade somebody or something you have a, in a social situation. All right. And your PC flunks their intrigue. They lose this, their intrigue. They fail their persuade role, something like that. Yeah. Then this is the, I will let you do this staking your honor on it as a backup consideration for the PC if the dice rolls have failed. Yeah. Because yeah. you wouldn't rare, I mean, it's, it's very rare for a GM to say, give a PC an impossible situation to begin with. But if you do, you can have this be a way that they can achieve a possible task. But more often the P the GM gives them a possible task and the PC just mm. doesn't the, succeed. The dice it. go, nope, <laughs> nope, dice say no. And this uh, and gives them a stopgap. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a pity that there isn't a specific, there aren't guidelines really given for this. And I think that's kind of the pity because you kind of look at it and go, I can only lose through this, but it should give you the possibility to do things you could not otherwise do. And like techniques, because techniques sometimes allow you to avoid checks. Like you mm -hmm. can do a thing that normally would take a check or would normally take an intrigue and you can just do it because you've got that technique or you've got that advantage. So I think that fits into that idea as well. If you stake your honor, you can possibly avoid a, a check you wouldn't be able, otherwise able to do. Mm -hmm. So, so think of it that way: either a backup for a failed role, or mm -hmm. if, uh, a way to do something that you would otherwise want the target number to be so high that they wouldn't be able to do it for social situations. Yeah. Primarily, it doesn't make sense, unfortunately, for combat. So yeah. the the focus on Bushido varies by clan, which is actually one of the I like the things I like about Fifth Edition is the way that the clan's view of Bushido has changed and different for each clan. Basically, every clan has one virtue of Bushido, one tenant, where losses are doubled, because that's the one that they think is most important. Losses and gains, as, as I recall. And mm -hmm. one virtue where losses and gains are halved, because that's the one they, they feel is... It's not so much they feel it's less important as such, but they just have a different view of what the perfect samurai is. But and they're slightly mean, different. They're slightly different. They don't they don't it doesn't mean they don't believe that virtue is valuable at all it's just that they think it's you're losing or gaining points they don't think of it as points in that in those sense but but you know failing at that is less important than failing at another virtue right if if you as a player if your character you, if you think that your particular personal most important virtue and least important virtue as different from your clan or your family or your school, talk to your GM. Uh, there was a very clear case made, for example, the Kakita to have a different, uh, most important, least important than the Crane clan, because in their write-up, it goes on about how courage is terribly, terribly, terribly important, which is actually not the Crane clan featured tenet of Bushido at all. So there's a good case for saying, well, if I'm playing Kikita, courage should be my big one. And maybe um, compassion should be my lower one. Mm 
because mm-hmm. that does sound much more like the Kikita. And you could do that on a family basis, on a school basis, or even just, no, no, my character believes this as regards Bushido. Right. Just just work it out between you yeah. or or raise it as a GM. It's a possibility. It yeah. doesn't really change that much. But no. the key is, is that even though it's having the loss... And and it does make you a little different from your clan. Having mm-hmm. having the losses or, or doubling them, it doesn't mean that the crab don't value courtesy. For example, that's exactly. courtesy is their low one. That doesn't mean that they don't value it at all. It's it's just that they feel that uh, I think their big one is courage. They just they yes. feel that someone someone failing at courtesy is not as important as someone failing at courage. Exactly. So um, one of the confusing things about honor is that in addition to honor being this overall um, clinging to an ideal of what um, your role, uh, there is also a tenet of Bushido, part of the code, also called honor or meyo. (laughs) It's very easy to get these things confused. So. And the book doesn't help. So no, I, I think you're really going to have to think of mayor as being different from your honor stat. Right. So in the book, they describe uh, mayo as acting as your conscience dictates or your your dedication to Bushido. It says, a true samurai has only one judge of their honor, and that is themselves. Decisions you make, how you make those decisions are a reflection of who you truly are. You cannot hide from yourself. Okay, mm. that's great but how is that not the same as overall honor yeah it's it's very confusing you can finagle it how you want you can use the book definition if you want to think of each of these tenets of bushido in conflict with each other as a samurai tries to pick their path through being a virtuous person which is often Mm. the crux of these honor games in the role-playing game for example you might have courage versus compassion or compassion versus duty or righteousness versus Mm. uh, duty so your lord tells you you must do this one thing but this one thing is wrong now you've got a righteousness righteousness versus duty Conflict. I mean, this is the heart of L5R campaign. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and the question is, how does Mayo conflict in the same way? All right. And that's what you, that's that's the question you're gonna Right. Deal so with. this is the interpretation of Mayo that I use, and this is not in the book, but this is if you want to introduce it as what this virtue means. Um mm. and the clans who appreciate it works. This works for particularly well um, to have it in dynamic conflict with the other attributes. And in that case, honor is a mayo, mayo honor, is reverence for the ideal image of the samurai itself. Reverence for the role of samurai or self-respect for the role of samurai. Okay, this allows it to be something that would be lost, for example... If somebody insults you to your face. Mm. Okay. So if, if somebody insults you, a samurai, a good samurai would lose honor if they just accept those insults. Yep. Right. Because it's conflicting with mayo honor as, as it's disrespecting you in your role as 
a samurai. It's disrespecting yes. Bushido and and the role of samurai itself. Okay. Yeah. So so part of your job as a samurai is to publicly be a samurai to exemplify those virtues for the people around you so the people below you in the celestial hierarchy can look up to you and see you as an oh that's what I, that's what I should be I should be like that mm-hmm. which is why if you don't show that you are failing your your role as a samurai exactly so it is a good thing. I mean, you know, it's part of the code, but then you can start getting things in conflict with Bushido around this virtue. For example, yep. um, if the situation of compassion requires lowering yourself or making yourself look like a fool in front of somebody else, mm-hmm. then that conflicts with Mayo, which is requiring you to look like you're a dignified, proper yep. samurai. So, you know, you have a conflict of mayo versus um, compassion in that case. Yep. And that's, yep. that gives it the same balance and same weight as all the other tenets of Bushido. So mm. that's my recommendation to what how you would take the definition of honor in the book, which is kind of wishy-washy, and, and make yeah. it into a, a concrete and conflictable um, tenet of Bushido. Um, this, this, for example, makes Matsu's anger with Kakita way back when in the original tournament for the Emerald Champion where Kakita doesn't bow to her because he thought he, she was being discourteous. That anger is justified by Meo because he wasn't showing her the correct respect to her as a samurai, although the yeah, this is way back in the early days, so some of this is up in flux. But she wasn't being shown the proper respect, therefore she had to demonstrate against that and get angry, because that otherwise would have been a failure of Mio, even though she could have been. Yeah, you know, someone could argue that she had failed with courtesy, but you know, right? Because she felt courtesy wasn't the important one, right? So she was a samurai. At that time, mm. she was already following a kodo at that time, but yeah. Kikita was not. Kikita was just a hemen at that point because mm. he wasn't sworn to follow anybody yet. Yeah, it's complicated. Beginning it's complicated. Of the empire, or beginning of the empire. A lot of, the, but... lot of these things weren't said, but, uh... <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so that's why she could not bow to other people, and it be appropriate. In her mind, yeah, it didn't be courteous, but he had to bow to her, and it's not hypocritical yeah. because the, the the it's imbued in the role of the samurai that she had. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean that that's just, and the lion have honor as their highest one. Mm-hmm. So you get lots of tachimatsu yeah. who like, are you disrespecting me? <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to act. You've got to be seen to be. And act as the perfect samurai, mm-hmm. and that's that's important. And it's not just to, for yourself and grad mind, uh, not for your like self esteem. It's actually an important part of being a samurai. It's part of your role. Right. Let's see. So, what are good things that you get from being high honor? Well, what are what are mm-hmm. valuable things? Well, yeah. if you get above certain thresholds, and they're quite high, but if you're really lucky with the uh, background heritage tables, you can get them out of heritage generation just barely. Um, Mm. You can get the paragon of of virtue advantages. 
Uh, and mm -hmm. these give you, you know, they act as the same as all the other advantages. They give you a chance to re-roll. Re-roll. Yeah. Um, if you are in a situation where that virtue applies. So as it's written in the book, it seems like it's only if you're trying to encourage other people to follow that virtue, which is mm. a very narrow definition. And you can yeah, play yeah. it that way. If you don't want this to apply very much, you can play it that way. Um, so if I am trying to convince people around me that courage is a great virtue and everyone should be courageous, I could use it then. Mm. as described in the book, but I couldn't necessarily use it when I'm trying to be courageous myself. If I, if I need to face that Oni and not run away. Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, we have talked to Max Brook and the games designers and by design, these are meant to be pretty broadly applied. So you would yeah. use it whenever courage seems like it would be a relevant thing that you would have or courtesy, mm. <laughs> for example. Yeah. So these can be pretty broad if you got your honor high enough to get these things. I mean, and certainly in old 5R, you could use an honor roll as a last ditch attempt to do something. You could you added your honor rank to rolls against fear, that kind of thing. So it makes perfect sense that it fits here. So if you've got the Paragon of Courage, it you should be able to resist the fear effect of an Oni, for example, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Right. And if you have low, a disadvantage of it is if you have low, you get, um, you re-roll <laughs> successes, mm. could get failures. And if you fail, you get a void point. Disadvantages in fifth edition are not as bad because you keep getting void points for, for yes. it. Yes, yes. Um, it, it, it might mean that it'd be, it's going to be difficult for you as a low on a character to not run away from that Oni because your self-protection kind of comes in and you say, you know, saw this for a game of soldiers, I'm running <laughs> off. Right. But it's for, for each of those, instead of applying to every role, they only apply to one chosen tenet of Bushido that you glom yes. onto. And then if yep. you go higher or lower, then you can get mm. up to three. Yep. So that's pretty cool. I think that's a, I think it's a good way of seeing using the, those advantages and advantages like that. Yeah. Let's see. Um, another advantage of high honor is that if you have the warriors resolve Kuji or Shuji, mm -hmm. <laughs> you get to spend a void point to gain your honor rank in fatigue. So if you have higher yep. honor, you gain more fatigue, more fatigue back than if yeah. you have lower honor. Yep. Um, to contrast, the Courtier's Resolve uses your glory, and Wanderer's Resolve, which I believe is the uh, kind of the Ronin equivalent, uh, just is just three. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gives you an idea of how that those work together. Right. Uh, Let's see. And the final advantage for having a high honor is that some supernatural or very astute people may instinctively know your honor rank. Uh, yep. You can tell it through some opportunity means, or they might have a suji or something. yeah. And can therefore be more inclined to help or support someone with high honor than they would otherwise. But your honor yeah. is not just visible on the first on the surface. It's no, not like glory. No, it's 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 not floating above your head like a health bar or anything like that. Um, it is a very common thing you see in samurai dramas of. Yeah, people are going, yes, I can tell that that person is very honorable, so I'm going to 
let them do the thing or I'm going to help them with the thing or I'm going to trust them to do the thing where I wouldn't. And everyone else goes, but how do you know? So, I just know because I'm really good at this. <laughs> and they're not saying because I, I bought that Shuji and it was really, really useful. But yeah, so it is internal, but some people can see that in the same way that it is possible to find out someone's advantages and disadvantages. Right. So you can, and yeah, so it, it can be useful <laughs> in that. In that context. Now, mm -hmm. there are disadvantages for high honor and caring about high honor rank. And this is yep. this is um, sometimes difficult in a game where they say honor is stronger than steel. Um, yep. In fifth edition, the person with higher with lower honor goes first in initiative ties. And this is for mm -hmm. mass battles, duels, skirmishes, intrigues. Yep. Everything. If there's a tie, the person with lower honor goes first. And then it mm -hmm. goes in rank through all the ties from lowest honor to higher honor. Yeah, I don't know how often ties come up, but if, uh, so if, it like... is actually pretty common because okay. um unlike a broad ranging dice roll like it was in fifth edition where it could be yeah, anything. Yeah, that's true. It's it's stuck to your vigilance, which is usually a number between or or focus, which is usually a number between like Two and six for vigilance, and maybe four and twelve for focus. Yeah, that, it's yeah, yeah, gonna. I, it's, it's just a, a narrow range, and then if mm. you make your tactics roll, you get plus one. Yes, so that that's yeah, that's a good point. So that it's much nar narrower. I mean, you can get yeah. explosive successes, but overall, it's it's a narrower range than you would have in um, yeah, yeah, previous editions where it could be anything from five to a hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if you're rolling the exact same dice, mm -hmm. it's probably easier to to get one or more points more than someone else. And yeah. Uh, another thing to do that you need to keep in mind is that when you forfeit honor due to a wager, when a wager doing a dishonorable action or an outburst, uh, the amount you forfeit, unless it's a trivial, which is always one point, then the amount you forfeit is proportional to your honor rank, which is the tens digit of your honor. So <laughs> I think it's so a, a small one is like could be one times your honor rank, two times. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the top one is. I can't remember if it's three times or four times. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's proportional to your honor rank. So the less honor you have, the less honor you lose. This is particularly important since losing honor is an effect of a lot of outburst types. And you lose mm. your honor rank there. It's not counted as a trivial almost anywhere. So if yeah, you rage, yeah. you lose your, or, you know, bend principles or you flee whatever you can mm. lose your honor rank in in honor and, to have that outburst yep and got a low honor rank no big it's deal not hurt as much yep <laughs> the other thing is and this one's complicated for people who don't necessarily play high honor characters very often to understand is if you mm. do not care about your honor rank so if honor rank being high or low is not important to you you can have a broader range of choices on how to respond to a situation than if you yep. did. So the best way, the easiest way to get into this castle here is sneaking over the wall. We all know that that's the mm. obvious situation. If you're a low honor rank person or you happen to have a conveniently low honor rank person in your party, they yeah. can sneak over the wall. If you're a high it honor rank person. It would be terrible. 
It's like, it would be terrible if someone to sneak over that wall. That would be totally dishonorable. Uh, even though it would be terribly convenient, terribly dishonorable. We're going to go over here and meditate under this tree and hope nothing dishonorable happens. Pretty much. But if so, your character can do those things. Um, and, and anyone who's been in a role-playing party knows that that happens. You know? um, however, if you are trying to be honorable... You, have you can't. Options. I mean, it, it's totally mm. against your character concept. It, it, it. You will lose massive buckets of honor for doing so, and you know. So, so your choices are limited, and yes, it's a choice yep. by character, but it's always fine for a dishonorable person to choose an honorable solution. No one says they're mm. playing out of character, but yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. so easy yeah. the other way around. <laughs> I accidentally did an honourable thing, you know. I think you don't you don't suffer for that because your 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 that that embarrassingly high honour score you just got will go away soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> right. So so it it just opens up more avenues of solving problems and probably yep. safer avenues of solving problems because you're not doing things like throwing yourself first into the conflict against the oni. Yeah. Or whatever All that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it's probably not overall as broadly useful as it was in previous editions of Legends of the Five Rings because you could do things like an honor roll. I failed a roll. Well, I'm just going to roll my honor and things like that. Um, I think it is up to the GM to make the make honor count for something because if he doesn't, then that takes a lot of the flavor out of the samurai hero's idea. Yeah, if I was going to sum it all up, I would say that you're playing L5R. You're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. You're not playing a bunch of murder mm. hobos. Or you're trying not to. I mean, that's the vibe of the game is to get away from yeah, you know, yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons, do whatever it takes, you know, backstab and sneak and, and anything like you have to, to win. Because that's Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. You're playing something Aye. different. If you want the samurai drama vibe to work... And especially if you're dealing with players who are not really familiar with L5R, mm -hmm. you need to encourage honor to count. And yeah. that was easier in some ways in previous editions to do mm. because they had, you know, the honor re-roll and they had a lot of school techniques that yeah. fired off of your honor. Um and a, and a big table of honor losses and gains. And a big table of honor losses and gains. Um, I, I totally agree with 5th edition's approach of not having gotchas. But as a GM, mm. you need to try and figure out intentionally ways to make honor count, even though the disadvantages of high honor are considerable. They're yeah, not yeah. Over, unsurmountable, but they are, they're there. So yeah. it's putting the onus on the GM to make it count rather than yeah. the mechanics of the system making it count. The mechanics don't help you there, but you as a GM, if you want it to feel like L5R, you got to make it count. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's us on the, on the mechanics of honor in those the five rings. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like us to, to explore in further podcasts then please do get in touch you can get, whether by twitter or through the website or the discord 
because we, if if there's enough interest and there's there's things people want think we've missed or, or could do more on, then we would be entirely happy to do that. Right. We've done our best take on this. We may end up yep. talking about glory in another episode. We've got some uh, questions out there that have been on Twitter for things to talk about next, so I'm sure we'll mm -hmm. get into it. It's always fun to pick apart these mechanics a little bit. Um, yep. If you feel like you know talking on sharing on court games or on Discord, your ways that you have made honor count, that would be great too. Yep. But that's it for us this week. One thing that has come out is the first chapter of the Curse of Honor book has come out in PDF mm -hmm. format. Uh, yep. We can provide the link there. Uh, I am not dissecting it because I don't want to ruin the book for people who are saving it uh, yeah, to yep. read the whole thing. And uh, I would probably be more inclined to uh, give predictions that is will probably ruin it. So, <laughs> Yep, so find that link in our show notes. And if you want to give our traditional shout-out to our sister podcast, the Legend of Five Rings LCG Court Games podcast with Trevor Cuba and Sir Angus. If you're interested in the LCG at all, uh, do check them out. They, obviously, they talk mostly about the card game, but they also know a lot about the lore and will talk about stuff like that. And they may interest you in the card game if you haven't already explored that. Both of our podcasts are funded by the Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs as well as our website where you can see long-term information, hints, there's RPG tools, summaries of our podcasts, and more. Uh, for yeah. our Patreons, we will have special bonus content like adventure seeds and watch parties. So keep an eye out for those in the future. The Core Games Patreon really does help with putting these episodes together and putting all, all the stuff together around it. So if you can support it, we will be extremely grateful. And thank you very much to all our existing Patreons. Right. Our website is courtgamespod.com and we're on Twitter under courtgamespod and on Patreon under patreon.com slash courtgames. But that's it for us this week. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korval. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy. <laughs>